Hello and welcome to Light of the Crossroads. My name's Stephen Walsh. This month we'll be talking to Anoki about her work with and for Liminal 11, including her book, Mini Meditations on Friendship. Information on all our products and creators can be found at our website, liminal11.com. And now, let's talk to Anoki. Hello Anoki, how are you doing? I'm very well, thank you. So your official title at Liminal 11 is Concept Artist and Designer. Yeah, that's right. But of course, that your work with Liminal 11 didn't really start in terms of the sort of design aspect. Uh, you were originally signed on as a creator uh, who put together mini meditations on friendship. Yeah, that's right. So I've known Kay through the comic scene for a while. He's like the co-founder, as you know. And... I've been in contact with him on and off through the years. We we met on Twitter because I was really interested in comics and philosophy. So I wanted to know if any comics linked to philosophy existed online. And the only person that I could find was Kay. And I can't remember who messaged who first. But yeah, ever since then, we sort of started meeting in sort of conventions and stuff and just, you know, small talk here and there. And then... I think on a random day, he kind of saw one of my random messages on on Twitter and he messaged me and said, hey, I've got a, you know, publishing company now. Um, would you like to work on this book? And I'm like, what? You've been busy? So, yeah, I can turn them down. Yeah, it's remarkable, isn't it? The sort of the fertile grounds that comic shows and conventions can be in terms of meeting people and, and making contacts i mean it doesn't always necessarily parlay into meeting someone who's later gonna end up getting a, a publishing company together and give you work but it's sort of uh, quite amazing really the sort of connections you can make isn't it yeah i mean like yeah i think connections are such a strange word um you know when you're getting out of uni and you're told to make contacts and all that stuff <laughs> i've always cringed at that kind of word it's like so contrived I think eventually I turned it around and just thought, oh, making contacts, that's just like making friends. Why didn't anyone <laughs> say that? So that's what I've always seen Kay as, like just my friend. So yeah, <laughs> it was nice. It's also, it's that kind of advice where I was listening to a, a podcast before of a comedian and he was mm. saying that his friends, he was doing some acting and uh, one of his friends was like, um, you know what you should do? You should do one of those um, Martin Scorsese movies. And he's like, I mean, yeah, <laughs> I'm definitely up for that. <laughs> it's no question of me not being willing to be in a Martin Scorsese film. You know, the idea of like, oh, you should go out and make contacts. Uh, okay. <laughs> I'll, I'll try it. I'm doing my best out here. But yeah, it's um, uh, a nice sport sort of, and I think quite fitting for Liminal 11 to have that sort of serendipitous thing where you're looking for, you know, philosophical comics, you stumble across Kay's work, which obviously fit well into that idea. And then it evolves. And again, evolution and growth being, a, 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 I think, a, a sort, of, sort of strong theme in Liminal Eleven uh, into this you know, relationship where suddenly the mini meditation series are being put together and Kay's thinking about illustrators that they've seen out in the world and you spring mm. to mind. I think that was rather, I don't know, like... um serendipitous I love that word like from my sort of a uh, journey with that it was kind of serendipitous hearing kind of um 
Liminal Eleven's like the name of the company that they had with Darren because Liminal was a word I'd only heard once before and that was with an ex who just who was really big into literature and stuff and uh, he, he used it to describe um, our relationship as like we're two liminal people you know just because that's how we felt like how we still feel in the world I'm still friends with this ex but like somewhere that someone that doesn't quite fit or belong but who you know doesn't detest the world we're just kind of enjoying you know being in the middle and you know connected but not necessarily tethered to something like tied to it in terms of it being this sort of thing that you're you're stuck with you're sort of skipping alongside it rather than in the middle of it yeah it's kind of like it's weird it's like we're kind of observers in a way i don't know i really don't know how to describe it but it feels it feels like that like an in-between sort of place i think that's a good place for artists to operate from though isn't it sort of not necessarily being in the middle of something but being slightly removed and observing and and then reflecting on, on what you see yeah that's a very good point my best friend described me as like um someone that's in the life drawing room and you know rather than being on the same side drawing the life drawing model you know um the same model as anyone else is drawing it i'd be like right on the other side like giving it a totally different perspective <laughs> so if, if you bring it back to that chinese analogy it's like drawing i'm drawing the ass of the elephant as opposed to the head like that's how i experience the world essentially i want your next book to be called the ass of the elephant that would be uh, just a yeah oh my god <laughs> a unique perspective on uh... mm. but also um yeah i don't know i'm i've been obsessed with numbers a bit like since i was little and i don't know why like i've never studied numerology or anything but i've always been kind of attracted to 11 for some reason and it occurs in my date of birth as well like so yeah when like Kay described the you know the company name I was just like wow I really feel like <laughs> you know I, I need to be part of this <laughs> like it was more than just yeah okay this is exciting I'm gonna work with you we're gonna work together and make a book which is what I'd always wanted to do it was more than that it was like like I really need to do this you know so it just feels right and obviously friendship being the theme of the, the book you put together for people mm. who don't know about the mini meditation series it's essentially quotes that are illustrated in a particularly beautiful and, and lavish manner isn't it in terms of the quotes you you collated them yourself didn't you yeah so initially it's going to be like a k and i sort of um, looking at quotes together but like i was so enthused that i started gathering them and they were like oh wow you carry on with that so i was like cool so yeah i, I picked quotes that i felt really just expressed what friendship means to me which i guess sounds cheesy but it was kind of points of view coming from people from all different sorts of backgrounds so i didn't just want it to, to be like a typical quote book so um for instance you have quotes via like my favorite erotic novelist Anais Nin and then you have like a quote from you know the writer Oscar Wilde and as well as philosophers like Nietzsche who's a bit you know depressing sometimes <laughs> but also like I wanted to get a quote from like at the time like ashamedly I was watching Love Island because I'm just interested in people <laughs> And so I snuck in a quote from like Nikki from Love Island because <laughs> like she is a philosopher. She had something amazing to say. And, 
Yeah, so I wanted it from all sorts of people just to give a really rounded perspective and friendship. And it's not always easy and smooth sailing. There's kind of rough times too. And I think that's what, you know, can make friends like bond stronger is getting through those rough times. I think if you're looking in terms of range, going from Nietzsche to Love Island is as bad as what <laughs> you can get, isn't it, really? yeah <laughs> and oh there's also taylor swift and lady gaga and all sorts I'm, I'm not really so concerned about like i guess their celebrity value but it's more like what they've got to say and yeah i just wanted to bring in all sorts of perspectives because i think that's the way we kind of find a truth about something is to have things that might contrast it's also like that thing of if something resonates for you and with you the source isn't necessarily important, isn't it? But it's sort of what once you absorb it, it's almost transformed into something different anyway. So you know, there's no, I don't think there's any sort of, you know, wrong place to get inspiration from, is it? That's true, yeah. And you can also misinterpret things as well, which gives you even more creative slot. In terms of the actual process of of putting the book together, I think for the listeners, I'd like to recommend the three blog posts that you put together for the Liminal 11 website. They're remarkable blogs, just in terms of the amount of, of depth and detail you go into, you know, firstly, in terms of the process that you put together for yourself, but also how much of it you share and how well you share it. It was really sort of fascinating to follow. Thanks, I'm glad it was legible, but like those three posts is essentially my brain. Like I'm trying to explain, like my, it's almost like my brain or my, um thinking or feeling works incredibly fast and I'm trying to explain everything that goes on in once and I just find it so hard to simplify things in that respect so that's kind of a brain puke on that <laughs> <laughs> my process well that no, definitely is uh you know fascinating stuff and it absolute clarity to it as well so well done for that because I you know I, I think creative people writing about their creativity particularly if a lot of it is sort of intuitive and, and unconscious it's hard to, to sometimes sort of transcribe that and sort of tell someone else uh you know what you're doing but um yeah from the first pose i mean one of the, i think the, the thing that grabbed me initially uh mm. in terms of your process was you, you did this whole sort of exercise where you imagined three characters to sort of guide you through the process as well don't you yeah i think it's because like friendship isn't just one person it's like um it's more than duality like as well it's almost like three people in a way because there's you the other person and there's this creation of what you make together so it's like sort of three people i don't know i was just thinking about like all my friends and myself and the audience that might be reading this and it was kind of like um manifesting them in like a sort of a, a personality form so Basically, I took the number of pages we had for the book and I split it into three. And it was like each kind of third would represent one type of character. Like for ease of sake, I made them all female because this is what I experience in the world. I relate as a female, so I want to express things in that way. I think it's also to do with um, the way you adapt to people as well when you meet them. Or like certainly I'm very adaptable as well. So 
with some friends there's more of a serious kind of cerebral tone some friends you just you know have a laugh with and muck around and you know nothing's in depth but it's all fun and then I don't know there's some friends which can really sort of show you more than kind of what you you know and like perceive in the world you know so because I, I live in my own like head a lot I, I did one of the characters I sort of manifested was in a a girl who loves nature, I've, I've named her. So she's really into animals and things and like helping the world become like, I don't know, more peaceful, <laughs> less, less full of plastic. And she's very grounded in the physical and yeah, nature, as I've said. And um, yeah, it, I thought her pages would be mostly like have a green kind of and textury kind of like uh, way about them. And the other girls were, one was, I call her the girl who loves pink, who is into like sort of new technology, the kind of the future thinking person, whereas opposed to the girl who nature, who thinks a lot in the past and is stemmed upon, you know, tradition and stuff. So the girl who loves um, pink is just, really loves her makeup and new things, exploring new, new ideas and therefore, you know, may not have like as much regard for, you know, mass manufacturer of products and stuff like that but through that you're you know enabling a sort of gateway into the future for new ideas and new ways of being and communication and all that and then there was a kind of girl who sits in the middle of the two I think the cardinal girl with the attitude I think <laughs> like so she's a bit moodier and she just like I think I'm sort of probably the closest to her like when I'm not seeing anyone but she kind of stays home alone and reads a lot of books and stuff and she's not really around but she's not a mean person either so um yeah she's very kind of studious and academic and stuff and i just think the contrast between these three people they can they all have traits in which they can help each other you know, bring the best out in each other and help to teach each other and stuff as you know well as having fun because so i think that's what people in friendship is to a certain extent at least um among some friendships is um just like a kind of way of growth and you know you're being with someone that isn't you so it's like you're creating this new thing together so you develop these three sort of distinct personalities and characters and you ascribe uh, sort of colors and, and feelings and thoughts to them and then you created a, a mood board for each as well didn't you to sort of as you say explore things like uh, texture and, and shades to sort of you know build out the the, the visual again so as I say it's just it seems a, a remarkable process and really speaks to the the, the work that you've put into uh, the, the images I, I think does help to make them feel uh, so sort of vivid and, and solid as pieces. Yeah I think the mood boards really helped because um, I'm not just communicating with myself here obviously I'm working with Kay so it's kind of like I had to try and like transcribe all this stuff that I've just tried to just like transcribe you to them and like mood boards were a perfect way of doing it so yeah you have the girl who loves pink and in her sort of uh, mood board is like a lot of pink stuff and like old sort of a lot of pastel colors mobile phones like laptops game boys she's a gamer so <laughs> and um as we said like the girl who loves nature like really loves to get outdoors she doesn't love 
she doesn't like being surrounded by technology she loves being surrounded by animals and you know doesn't yeah want anything to do with all this you know like noisy digital stuff and the cardinal girl with attitude like uh, i guess she's a bit of a goth in a way <laughs> or a, i don't know an old hipster <laughs> and in terms of the the images themselves uh, it was painting was was the was that how all the images were, were put together yeah so i painted all the pieces and i think i wanted to do this because i'd worked in digital for a really long time and it was almost like i forgot how to like paint with paints like watercolors so very cheekily i kind of used it as like a reason to get back into painting and reteach myself that and yeah it was a journey essentially i had to create enough images to keep on the the time schedule so everything would be you know on time for print so i ended up creating between two and three images a day so again like i'm such a perfectionist it was hard to kind of not want to go back and change things but you know Kay was then reassuring me that these all look great and you know as long as they were happy i was happy I think there's one point in the blog where you, you say that you, you did a painting and you weren't happy with it. So you started again, you did the second painting and it was going well and then you weren't happy with it. But then Kay sent to and went, no, this is brilliant. <laughs> <laughs> this, this is the image that you need to do. And you're like, yeah. and it's, and <laughs> I haven't seen it on, on the blog. It's a tremendous image. And the idea of sort of going, well, maybe not this seems remarkable to me, given that, uh, you know, the fact that you would have a, uh, a deadline and, and obviously working in physical media is so sort of demanding and, and difficult not that digital isn't but like you 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 know mm-hmm. it's that thing of it's much harder to make uh, the changes that you want in with a physical piece once you put that paint onto the onto the page sort of thing yeah i think that's what i really like about it because if you do make mistakes like um you either start again or you just have to embrace it especially when you've got a timeline over your head. (laughs) But whilst I churned out a lot of pieces to meet the deadline, I was allowed, like, yeah, that one piece, which I could change. And, you know, I was just like, please, just let me change this one piece. And I promise that'll be it. And that was sort of, you know, the give and take. And yeah, that that was fine. I think I was just satisfied after that. And just (laughs) all the other pieces just felt like more, like along the same level afterwards. Because I think that would have really helped me. <laughs> but yeah, it's, it's nice to throw away because, um, yeah, I'm quite a perfectionist. So it was nice to throw that all away and just dive into something which you could be sort of like really honest with. Like I, you know, paint as an honest medium. So, yeah. I think that's part of the role of a good editor as well, because obviously I think for creative people, it's very hard whether it is a film or a short story or a comic or a painting or a song it's very hard for the person who's creating it to sort of go yes this is finished there is Mm -hmm. nothing else I would want to do to this piece of art whereas like if an editor comes in and sort of almost sort of swoops in and goes yep that's perfect that's you don't need to do any more to this it sort of takes the responsibility uh, off of you because otherwise you you know people would be tweaking at at artworks for decades at a time wouldn't they yeah absolutely it's like euthanasia (laughs) (laughs) you just feel that perfectionist in you like push you forward it's great 
and and obviously now um on the other side of the the book being finished and and, and published do you have a a favorite quote from the book yeah i do so i think it was one of the very first i picked actually which i don't know i, I find like things that come to you first are very kind of i don't know i feel they're very connected to whatever that person chose so it's a quote from anais nin who is an erotic novelist and like um she wrote she's famous for writing very many diaries and i'm a huge fan of hers so the quote is each friend represents a world in us a world possibly not born until they arrive and this is only by this meaning that a new world is born so i'm a concept artist and designer for liminal um that's why i joined us and i've ended up doing a lot more than that <laughs> <laughs> which is yeah it's really exciting it's like a whole pick and mix so never <laughs> bored always entertained i love the challenges which yeah come with the job but there's a lot of like really easy times and everyone is so super lovely which just you know it's a pleasure it's an absolute pleasure to work for liminal 11. yeah it's a strong team isn't it i think that's mm -hmm. sort of reflects well in terms of how Kay and Darren initially putting the team together and then obviously Sarah coming in in a key role and mm. sort of wrangling things so effectively. I think another nice thing that Liminal 11 has done and you'll be able to speak uh, I think more directly to this than most is mm. the fact that the sort of production values and the design and the aesthetic of everything is so strong Mm. And the level is so high. I, I, I was talking to Tilly about it a couple of episodes ago and just sort of saying how having those sort of standards in terms of design, aesthetic and finish, it keeps you honest as a company. It's sort of like, oh, we've done these brilliant looking things now. We can't drop below that. And, you know, Kay and Darren in particular are so open to design flourishes and details and constantly looking to improve the products and make them look as, as as nice as possible and I, I remember talking to Kay early on about the idea of the company and that being such an important thing the idea of like you know we're gonna really lean into illustration and visual ideas but do it as nicely as possible and, and really make these things pop. I think Kay is an artist himself, comic artist, illustrator they understand how artists like work and how to best work work with them. So he allows the artist, and I've experienced this, of course, through working on many meditations together with them. That he allows the artist a lot of freedom, and he wants to make sure that they're happy with the end product. And again, that's not something you always kind of see. There's a lot of give to the artist and the creator, and I think as long as they're kind of happy that you know you know the product's gonna be amazing because you know you employ the artists because you like their work in the first place so it's just an extension of that really the product is an extension of the artist's work yeah Kay is always looking to like push new ideas like what's next what's the you know what can we do that's not been done before like and that makes me feel really excited about how we can push things forward you uh, worked on the latest edition of the catalogue, I believe. So Kay wanted just like something, like he was fishing for an idea, which was 
like really new and explosive and that would make a new impact like a, a catalog that no one's seen before and I guess I had to translate that somehow to a physical practical form <laughs> and I don't know like I do enough of that with my own kind of like ideas and stuff like how can I you know as all as as all artists do like how can I get this feeling you know what does this feeling look like and I found myself doing the same with Kane for the catalogue as well. And equally um, to make it work for, you know, Sarah Ray's doing more the marketing side at that time and Darren as well. Like, how can I get, you know, these three to kind of um, remake a catalogue, something they can be proud of and which kind of is an extension of their, an extension of the way they want to connect with people. What we had to go by is it just had to be different and new and like, something that no one's seen before. Working within a budget, I made the idea very simple, simply like give it a dust cover. And we can do so many things with that one dust cover, you know, and it could be different in, you know, for each issue. So this one was just that the dust cover would fold open and you'd sort of see, receive a free sample of like um, Tilly's artwork in a, like a poster kind of form that you could stick on your wall. Because, um, I don't know, I used to like um, subscribe to the Manga Video Club, I don't know if you remember that, <laughs> when I was a kid. And I always used to look forward to those magazines you'd get, and you'd receive a free poster in the centre of the magazine. And I'd always like rip it out and stick it on my wall, because <laughs> obtaining any like printed like uh, material from, you know, of anime characters and stuff was so, so rare in those days. It's not like the internet now. <laughs> and I just wanted to give that sort of same feeling to people that might, you know, see the catalogue and think, wow, I can actually do something more with it. It's just not, it's not like something you could ignore and just, you know, put on the side. And so, I mean, you can if you wanted to, but, you know, I can do something more with this. I can, you know, have fun with it. It's not just, you know, it, it's got like a second life to it. I worked in a, in a comic shop and bookshops for a while and you'd see so many catalogues. Mm. and you're right you you, you uh, after a while you sort of get fatigued and they'll be like oh there's another catalogue there to look at but uh when the the latest limited urban catalogue uh, i got a copy posted over to me with my last sort of care package from Re rebecca and oh. uh i said i don't know if i said it just to kay and darren and sarah or if i said it in the chat generally but i was like we could probably charge for these we could probably sell them this <laughs> <laughs> this is this is an item in and of itself. I mean, it's remarkable. It's a beautiful finish. And it is the sort of thing I feel if I was sort of still in a bookshop or a comic shop working and that did arrive in the post, it would be the sort of thing where you definitely would want to have a look through. So absolutely uh, doing its job. So fantastic. Oh, I'm so glad. Yeah. <laughs> Just to look at your sort of sort of creative life more broadly and the other things uh, that you've done i know that uh, scribing is something you did for a little while as well isn't it yeah um so i got involved with that because um i met a friend and when i moved to bristol and he had this job of like um transcribing things that people would say in meetings but on a really really large scale so the there would be these murals and stuff he would draw on which would span a entire wall for instance and this wall could go on you know <laughs> as long as the client wanted to or as long as the meeting would last you know and he 
I don't know, he knew I did comics and stuff and so we connected through that and he thought I'd be a really good scribe. So it was me and my best friend and we attended an event in which we tried uh, scribing for, I don't know, it was this like one day event. For this trial, I remember it was like, um, I was working in a stationery shop at the time on Park Street in Bristol and just around the corner but was this venue where I was doing the trial. So I asked my boss at the stationery shop, you know, is it okay if I trial for this other job and stuff and you know, just do the side job? And he was like, yeah, okay, <laughs> which was really nice. I don't think a lot of bosses would allow you to do that, but yeah, he and Bristol were so friendly. And yeah, so I remember coming in the morning and just doing like a shift there. And then for lunch, I'd be off you know, at the venue, just around the corner and scribing like, for a few hours and then popping back into the shop and then working again. And then after work had finished, I'd pop around to this venue and it was only for one day, but it was so much fun. And I'm someone that draws like very, very small. I have really small handwriting as well. Like you have to be a detective in order to decipher it. <laughs> and like, yeah these people that were trialing us they made us draw like huge so the whole room from a you know a distance could see our drawings and i was terrified <laughs> but i loved it so much because i've been used to just my like my wrist moving on a small area on a page but here like my arm was actually you know helping to make marks and stuff and it was just incredible and it felt very natural as well. Like, I think a lot of artists are really good listeners um, from my experience anyway. So all we had to do was listen to what people were saying and transcribe their thoughts. It was like keeping a giant like sketchbook essentially on a wall, but everyone was seeing it as you were drawing it. And yeah, it was so much fun. And this later led to like, um, like a full-time job with them. And like, I st eventually started to travel around the world and like got to see some really amazing places through just this job. So I was pay paid a standard wage, but my flight would be paid for. So I'm not, it makes me sound like I'm really fancy businesswoman. <laughs> type. I'm not, I'm just like, you know, I, I get paid like I know, a decent enough wage, enough to get by, but I'm in like another country and it's just amazing. Like, yeah, I find the whole idea of scribing uh, and particularly I've spoken to a few comics creators who mm. have, have done it and it does feel like a, a you know a tremendous sort of exercise for any sort of visual creator but I think particularly comics because there is that thing where with the scribing you there has to be almost a narrative element to what you're drawing it can't just be it's not diagrammatical is it it's almost like you're telling the story of the conversation that's being had in the room yeah it's um, a fascinating process yeah it's like making a giant comic at the end of the day or at least planning one it's like your giant yeah. board that you plan a comic on and like do it for so long i know that like you can't contrive these things either so when you're starting a day you can't contrive that this is going to be a story about this it's kind of almost like writing intuitively except you're listening to other people it's like the narrative like of the conversation that I hear in visual minutes, it eventually just slips into place altogether. I had a specific question about one of your clients. I don't know if you have NDAs or whatever, but 
I've noticed uh, amongst the people you've worked for, you've got Blue Peter listed. Oh, yeah. So that was a project which happened last year. Like, uh, I think it was so simultaneously, I was working with Liminal and doing this yeah, animation with um, uh, Blue Peter on the side. Yeah, that was so much fun because then, in a lot of um, animation work I've done with the as a freelancer, it's usually very corporate. So a lot of uh, dry explainer videos, stuff to do with like important stuff to do with mental health, also like maybe housing associations and medicine, a lot of like uh, NHS stuff as well. So it was nice to do something which was a bit more light-hearted. So I got to like, um, I made the storyboard for this animation as well. So it was actually like, I got to actually use my comic telling skills and draw like a, <laughs> draw like a really fun narrative comic, which is like character centric instead of like medicine box centric. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, that was super fun. I guess the big question I've got to ask is, hmm. did you get a Blue Peter badge? Uh, I did. Yeah, I did. I keep it in my drawer. <laughs> Worth it. I mean, probably nice to get a wage as well, but a Blue Peter badge. I mean, they don't just hand those. Well, they do just hand those out, but not to anyone. That's the thing. Well done. Thank you. <laughs> yeah, it was a dream come true, really. I mean, I tried really hard when I was younger um, to try and get one by sending in drawings and stuff and like entering competitions and that never happened. So I'm glad finally, you know, I got my Blue Peter badge. I mean, it's also nice because essentially you did get your Blue Peter badge for sending in drawings, didn't you? That's true. <laughs> in response to a brief that you were given by, by Blue Peter. I mean, this is... a. <laughs> Yeah, that was super fun. And also I hadn't watched Blue Peter in like many, many years, so it all changed. Um, so my animation there was to like draw my life Lindsay. So I was telling her story through all these animations and stuff and like getting to know her and I ended up watching just, you know, you just go down a rabbit hole like of Blue Peter. <laughs> I was just watching all these episodes and I missed out on. And I was like, what am I doing? Oh, wait, this is work. This is this does count. <laughs> yeah, it was super fun. And Oki, thanks so much for talking to us. That's all right. It was really fun. Thank you for yeah interviewing me. People can see more of your work on Instagram at gorgon.velvet. That's right. Yeah, that's me. Lovely stuff. Thank you very much. Hey, thank you, Stephen. Thanks again to Anoki for speaking to us, and thank you for listening. See you next month. This show is a Holdfast Network production. Go to holdfastnetwork.com for other programmes you may enjoy. some bonus wisdom from Anoki and mini meditations on friendship. I see everyone happy in here and I think why can't that be you? I'm Danny Dyer. Beautiful.